Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. My guest today is Parker Harris, who started his first company at 17 years old. Parker also was recruited by the President of the United States to speak at leadership conferences across the country. And at 20 years old, he almost died in a car accident and made the choice to walk people out of his life that were taking advantage of him and start fresh. Hmm. This is Solomon's talk. Tired, weary, frustrated. What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Mom's Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, Join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life, it's hard to keep your head. Although this podcast was specifically created for solo moms and to curate the stories of solo moms globally, I also wanted to include helpful tips and strategies for solo moms to live more joyful lives. And it's for that reason that I interview experts like today's guest, whose personal experiences and wisdom can help you in your everyday life. Welcome, Parker. Thank you, Rosemary. Okay. So I really appreciate you uh, coming and talking to me. Um, For me, it's the middle of my day, but I understand it's the end of your day. So we'll make this snappy (laughs) Uh, while giving value to our audience. Yeah. Okay. I have a a number of of calls scheduled after this. So um, we can go as long as... uh, Okay, I appreciate you. All right, so before we get into it, um, tell us who is Parker Harris? Who is Parker Harris? So um, I really think of myself first and foremost as a leader. Um, That's something that I've always valued. And 
I, I, I'm someone that likes to create value for other people. And I started doing that in a nonprofit at an early age. I was really involved with the YMCA and, um, some after school programs and, and just different nonprofits. And, mm-hmm. and then I started getting really interested in politics. And then, um, I found out business was the place where, um, I could add the most value. And I started trying to solve different problems in, in health initially was like the company that I started in, in 17 was a, uh, nutrition and health company. And, um, and over time I invested a lot into different personal development experiences, professional development experiences. And I noticed a lot of return from, from those investments of, of that time and the, that experience. But I think at the end of the day, the most valuable thing I got from those putting myself in those different different spaces or different experiences was the people that I met. And I was fortunate enough um, over time to really be careful to curate who I brought into my life and and made part of my inner circle. And, you know, that has been a really good decision for me and, and is something that... Um, I now do full time is is create a mastermind for entrepreneurs and executives to come together in a confidential environment to um, you know share different ideas, opportunities, and challenges, and get get support and also be challenged by the other peers around the table. Um, and so that's what I I facilitate and lead um, is my is my main focus professionally. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing. And we will get into um, more about your work and what you can do for someone in our audience. Um, So thank you for sharing that personal stuff. Now, um, when I first started Solomon's Talk, I hesitated to interview men because I'm like, what do they have to offer women? But I've learned from experience that um, we're we're all human beings and our, our human experience is what connects us. So my first question to, yeah. So I don't mean to interrupt you at at all, but I think it's also like we all had a mother too. And I think we, we realized potentially how amazing, you know, important that, that relationship is. And always, you know, I think for the most part want to, you know, support and, and, you know, you know, it's, it's probably the big, you know, biggest responsibility in society is, is raising, you know, raising the next generation. And so, um, I think it's important to, you know, add value and and have dialogue and have conversations with, with a variety, variety of ideas and experiences and backgrounds. And, and so I I appreciate you having me on and and I'm hopeful, you know, that I can, you know, talk to, um, the solo moms out there, um, you know, without, without necessarily being a solo mom myself. Yes, of course. Um, we're not in a silo. Um, so yes, of course. Thank you for coming. Okay. So my first question for you today is tell us about the importance of walking people out of your life. Yeah, this was something that wasn't natural to me. Um, growing up, I was an only child and I was always looking for friends and, you know, that, that cliche best friend and, mm-hmm. and even brothers and sisters that, you know, I could have that like familial bond with. And 
And, you know, for, you know, I switched schools a few times and for a variety of reasons, it was more challenging to find this in different environments and especially within school, like it wasn't a great experience for me, but outside of school, I found different avenues for it, but this was before social media. So it was more challenging to stay connected and, um, and, and eventually over time, um, I, found myself in relationships that really were not, were, you know, were not healthy, were not serving me. And, you know, looking back, I was being taken advantage of in, in a variety of different ways. And I decided after that car accident that you mentioned and different experiences that, that happened that I needed to make a shift and these people weren't going to be part of that shift. And, to confront that. And, you know, in the, in the situations that I was doing it, it was, it was more like friendships or, you know, just different relationships, um, where I would literally, you know, go on a walk and tell the person like, Hey, I'm going to be making some changes and that's gonna, um, you know, require me to spend, be spending less time with you. And I, and I'm making a choice to, to walk you out of your life. And I think in those conversations, I probably cried more than they they did, (laughs) you know? Um, it was definitely an emotional conversation and, and for the most part it was, it was safe and healthy, which I'm, I'm grateful for. And I noticed, um, several of those people ended up making changes in their life later on over some timeline and re-entered, you know, my life at some point, but it was a period of time of creating space and new standards for myself. And, you know, over time, you know, it's, it's, I think it's again, part of that leadership thing, right? It's like when, when you're leading, um, you have to make decisions sometimes that are unpopular, but they're, that are authentic. Um, and, and sometimes that, that has a way of coming around, especially if, if we have our own best interests at heart and, and, and other people's best interests at heart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I like that idea. I like the concept because it's something we struggle with as solar moms. And I think it's something we struggle with as humans, as you say, when you're, if you don't, if you come from a big family and there are always a lot of people around, you want to run away to quiet. But if you're not used to it uh, and you're alone all the time, you seek out relationships and sometimes those relationships aren't necessarily good for you. And we have to learn, like you did, to how to extract ourselves from them so we can grow as as people. So thank you. Yeah, I it's it's I think there's this element, too, of like, what are we really fearing? Like, what is what is the fear around the choice of walking someone out? And I think it's almost like deep, primitive, like primal around like it's like tribal right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. no one wanted to be thrown out of the tribe. Right. Um, but I, I think it can be, you know, it's a path less traveled in, in a way. Um, but there's so much power in, in surrounding ourselves with, with, with people that add, you know, add value to different parts of our lives, even if it's just making us laugh or there's like a yeah. joy component. And, um, and really like for me, like I'm realizing looking, you know, even I'm, I'm 36 right now. And that I'm just starting to realize who I enjoy being around. <laughs> you know, I wasn't even like yeah. aware of that for most, you know, most of my life. And 
So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So during the time you, you discovered that you probably need to make some changes in your relationships, uh, did you have to, did you do some kind of work on self-awareness? Did you, did you work on who you are as a person before you came to that decision? Yes, I started getting really interested in personal development. So I was I was raised in Catholic schools and and so I was in religion classes my you know my entire life. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, as I started getting older, 15, 16, 17, I started actually reading scripture and and I I feel like I got a lot of like wisdom and personal development from scripture like particularly like like proverbs and ecclesiastes like solomon's writings mm-hmm. and then yeah yeah right and yeah so that one i think that's been part of my journey was seeking wisdom more than gold um which is something that he describes and just and just resonated with me or at least i i i program myself and then i started mm-hmm. finding it in you know, there's a, there's actually a book that's under Christian inspirational as well called the greatest salesman in the world, mm-hmm. um, by a guy named Og Mandino. And, yes. and he also wrote greatest miracle in the world. Are you familiar with it? Yes, I am. Yes. I'm a Tony yeah, Robbins a, fan. So I hear about all the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So it almost created, I feel like there's this almost personal development lineage that I think really started with scripture and then different philosophers came along and, and, and basically tried to democratize these ideas more and more. And then they just get said in different ways now. Mm -hmm. And I think the most challenging thing is to really get to know ourselves because it's like almost, it's easy to talk about doing growth work and in this work, but like to almost do it superficially more than like really like digging deep. And, and so you know, I, I, like, I, I think that for me, where I get the most breakthrough around that is actually putting myself in different experiences and, and, and those experiences are either, you know, some sort of like personal development experience or, or, or something that's more of like an adventure, you know, that like, um, we, I, I just, I've started to see, like, learn a lot about myself as an adult, um, when I'm in these different experiences. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, I'm going to switch gears now and, uh, entrepreneurship and, you know, side hustle, working from home are all buzzwords that we, you know, sometimes have in this space, especially when you're a mom, you know, working and trying to juggle kids. So tell us how someone can prepare for becoming their own boss, entrepreneurship, um, that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question because I, I, I ended up going into more of a corporate role um, early on in my career. I worked for a large uh, Fortune 100 technology company and, and ended up creating some habits that, that didn't support me as an entrepreneur. And so I think there are some things like that we can do before becoming an entrepreneur that will help set us up for success. And I think two of them that, that come to mind right away is around 
our beliefs. And, and I think particularly the belief is like finding joy and adding value to other people is a really powerful belief to have as an entrepreneur, because essentially what it's really about is like solving someone else's problem and adding value to a person is, is the basic premise of entrepreneurship. And then another like foundational piece, and it kind of involves like the identity conversation, like who am I, you know, who is Parker Harris, who is Rosemary Francis, like, like that, like the identity that we have for ourselves and the story that we're telling ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, many people are unconscious about that story that they're telling themselves. And it was almost written when they were like five to seven years old, <laughs> when they weren't really choosing that story. And potentially that story doesn't serve them. Yes. And, and basically doing the work to identify what that story is and, and to rewrite that story. Yeah, that's an interesting concept because when we think of being an entrepreneur, we think of, you know, I have an idea or a passion and we think about banking and we think about, you know, income and revenue and expenses. And we seldom think about what you just talked about, how to prepare as a person and your mindset, your mindset has, has to shift, which I think is why a lot of entrepreneurs fail because of not doing what you're talking about. So I, I do appreciate that. And I, I wanted you to, to, you know, to touch on that, that mind, the mindset change that we need, um, particularly, you know, apart from all the other stuff that we need to do, you know, tangible things that we need to do, what, what one mindset shift that you think could improve our success as entrepreneurs? Yeah, there's two that really come to mind that I think are, you know, I think there's a lot of different conversations around this that are really powerful. And it's almost like a sequence, like everybody has like a very complicated, you know, like, you know, so, so it's, it's not like a one size fit all thing, but I think we can't go wrong if we learn to love doing the work, like learn to love actually like um, doing the things that create the success versus mm-hmm. the success itself. Like not, not being so focused on like the the money or the outcome, but actually the process because yes. entrepreneurship is, is, is probably the hardest game in, you know, it's, it's such a hard game in that, the problems never stop. It's almost like a, it's this thing that creates problems <laughs> and, and we're yeah. paid to solve, you know, solve those problems. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think, you know, just, just it's it, knowing, knowing that and, and being patient because it's like, it's almost like being a, being an athlete, maybe, maybe the, d- the dynamics are a little bit different in that becoming a professional athlete, the failure rate is a bit higher, right? It's like one in a hundred thousand, or one in, you know, 10th, like it's just, it's, it's so competitive mm-hmm. and, and business is, is also really, it's like, and also being an artist, right? So it's like an artist, an athlete and an entrepreneur all understand rejection and failure in a very visceral way, because there's just no way to go on that path without experiencing that a number of times. And usually like, right. you know, we always hear Michael Jordan got a cut from his, 
high school basketball team when he was, um, you know, a, a sophomore. And I think there's just so many examples of, of greatness where there was a, a very made, you know, a major failure or a series of major failures that, mm-hmm. um, creates a certain relationship with pain that allows it to almost become like not personal, like depersonalizing it. And I think if we take things so personally in business and in life, it can create some tension. (laughs) I can feel, you know, it can create a tension that maybe doesn't allow for like the longevity of like, like thinking long-term. And -hmm. I think that's one thing that entrepreneurs also, you know, people have to do is think long-term and where that really relates in business and in life is in relationships, right? Like, you know, with treating a, a customer, like not just for a transaction in a single day, but yes. over a long-term period. And, um, I think school doesn't, you know, like I was, I, I spent a lot of time in summer camps and, and growing up and I would meet new people every week. And it wasn't just like, it was, so it was, it was always forming new relationships really quickly and then having those go away really fast. Yeah. And, and just school itself, like, I think it doesn't prepare people to be an entrepreneur very well because it really does not promote failure, like a, a good relationship with failure. Mm-hmm. Failure is so frowned upon and the goal is to get a hundred percent. And the best we're going to do as an entrepreneur is like 300, you know, 30%, right? Like it's like, we're going to be right yeah. 30% of the time. So we have to be wrong 70% of the time. And how many people want to sign up for that? Most people want to be right 90% of the time. And so, right. you know, entrepreneurship, it's just, it would probably cause someone just to not make decisions because they didn't want to be wrong. And as an entrepreneur, we have to be wrong and, and just learn to hone our decision-making process. And, and that can, that is a whole rabbit hole that, that unloads on, but right. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. And I, I think the longevity will, will probably come you know, more if we focus on the two things you talk about is serving your customer, right? And I I forgot the other one, <laughs> sorry. But but if you serve your customer and, you know, let's focus on, you know, I got to make money, I got to make money, I got to make money, then it's, it's better. It's a better way to go and to achieve success, um, I, I believe, from what you're saying. Yeah. It's a competitive advantage. Like, yes. It's a competitive advantage to actually want to like, you know, cause there's always going to be a place for someone that wants to solve someone else's pain. Like yeah. Jo- there's always an opportunity there. Yes. Uh, sometimes it can be hard to listen to really understand a lot of times, like me, my, myself, like I had a, a, a vision of how I thought things were going to go and it went way different than that. And me trying to hold on to how I want it to go versus just really embracing reality and it, like accepting reality for what it was like held me back a lot. Yeah. Because you think you failed because it didn't go exactly as planned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and what, you know, what is failure, right? Like I, I think failure is, is it not going the way that we didn't want it to go? But the more that we try to like, the more I try to hold on to, to that versus just learning to flow with the, with the universe a bit. Yeah. I, I think there's, you know, people that I've seen that have failed 
like in, 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 I think the way that you meant it, they always, it always led them to something that was better. Yes, it's true. And (laughs) I can relate to that with prayer. When we pray for something, it doesn't always, we don't always get the answer we were expecting, but the answer we get is usually better and lead us to better things. So yeah, thank you for sharing all of that and leading into that. What is Parker grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? Mm-hmm. My wife and I right now are on an adventure where we're, we're able to travel, um, where we're doing some traveling, looking for home, looking to see where we find home and, um, and grow our business. And so I'm just, I spent most, I, I spent in my entire life living in one city, um, until about six months ago. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the the journey and the adventure and the choice that, that my wife and I made and, um, and the opportunity to do this. Mm, awesome. I love that. I really do love that. <laughs> and it's good that you have a partner you could travel with. That makes it more fun, right? Yes. There's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible gift. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. We talked about personal development. Um, how does personal development relate to business success? Yeah. I, I think it's foundational. The way that I look at my, you know, my, my framework for, for this is essentially there's different aspects of, of life for an entrepreneur. There's their business aspect. There's their relationships. Um, there's their health. There's also their fun. And, um, and, and, you know, I think that's a part that sometimes gets lost in this whole personal development and Mm -hmm. business conversations is like with the role of, of fun in our life. And ideally, you know, trying to make business fun, trying to make these different, you know, obviously bring fun into our relationships. Sometimes we're able to bring fun into our health as well. Like find things that we enjoy doing that are fun, that are, that are also good exercise. Um, but to to me, what I keep on seeing is that the core is personal development. Like at the center of that is personal development and sometimes mental health. Like I think there's an interesting mm-hmm. conversation and, and relationship between mental health and this, this bigger picture, but personal development to me is, is my language for it as well. And the more that we invest into our personal development and what I mean invest is like energy, time, you know, even, even money into our personal development, it increases the success that we can have in the other areas of our life. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So I have one more question. Well, I have two more questions for you, but um, before you share with us how you can help someone, um, like share your work, I also wanted to ask you, moving on from the personal development, how can someone develop proper work-life balance? Because it, it's one of those buzzwords that were thrown around quite a bit and then it was poo-pooed and, you know, but we know it's real. So tell us about that and how, how can someone create that work-life balance? Yeah. Um, I think this even relates to your last question around personal development. And I wanted to, yes. to kind of add a little bit to, to, to kind of that, that to be more specific on, I think on, on what your question was. So you might have to ask me your, the question you just asked me again. Um, but I think a, some of this, like a foundational piece to this also involves something called like having a growth mindset. 
There's a book mm-hmm. written called Growth Mindset that was, you know, very, I think, a bestseller and was very popular. And it essentially outlines this. It's a, it's a binary principle, which there's, I think, very few things in life that that are like specifically like a binary principle um, or binary options. But to me, this is: Do you have a growth mindset or a static mindset? And so I think if, you know, part of entrepreneurship and personal development and and this whole kind of game is the willingness to grow and evolve as, as a person. And, and that sounds all fine and good, but usually that requires pain and discomfort. Like that's, you know, that, that's the part of growth and evolution that doesn't get like talked about, I think as much as like, this is a really uncomfortable process and yes. so we have to become comfortable in, in that discomfort to, you know, to, I think to, to personally develop and evolve as well as to, to grow a business and, and lead a team. And, and I think even, you know, probably leading a family, like is, is yeah. probably, I think it's a very challenging and, and probably painful and there's some punches in the guts, but it's like rewarding and, and worth it. Yeah. Um, so that growth mindset piece, I think is essential. And then, one thing that I'm learning more about that I, I think is like that I, I use a lot is turning negative emotions into useful, like into power for myself. There's so much, you know, energy in a negative emotion. And rather than hiding from that, escaping or numbing, like using that negative emotion to help me create what I want to create, to create change. And I think it goes back to the story piece is like, uh, usually that negative emotion is because there's a story, like we're telling us ourselves a story, we're triggered and there's this larger story that we're maybe not even aware of. Um, yes. And so I, I think learning to harness negative emotions for our own benefit is, is something that there's a lot of opportunity and leverage in from a personal development conversation. Mm, um, that's I, pretty cool. I, I, I'm really glad I, I, you know, we got together to do this interview. Um, continue. I'm sorry. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, likewise, I, I can nerd about out on this stuff. Like I've, I think one of the most powerful ideas is, is like the, the, the power of accurate thinking. One of, one of my favorite books, um, says that the, the biggest enemy to evil is the power of accurate thought. And that really struck me. And so through our work, through, through my work, I've really tried to like think accurately about what personal development means. And as a result, we've, we've created a framework that creates a, a way, like a way of looking at personal development and like a sequence to, to grow within and a way to identify the bottleneck. Cause that's, that's one of the things that I th- having difficulty with your teen, are you struggling with finding solutions to your everyday parenting problems? Being a solo mom can be tough. I know with all the things you juggle mostly for your children, you're left with very little time for yourself. It can be hard to see your way out from where you are currently. But what if I told you that you can change your life and the lives of your children? As a Christian solo mom of three adult sons, I know firsthand some of the challenges you face. But I also discovered that when I shifted my mindset 
I was able to transform my life in some amazing ways. Hi, I'm Jay Rosemarie, your personal confidant and mentor. I invite you to connect with me and take the first step towards transforming your life. Together we can work to find solutions to your ongoing challenges and create a life you desire for yourself and your children. And no, this is not about fixing. This is about us working together to achieve your goals. So if you're ready to take the next step to empower yourself to transform your life, click the link below and sign up for a free consultation call with me. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you on your journey to becoming the best version of yourself. I think is relevant maybe for this discussion is the importance of being able to identify like the bottleneck. Like what is the challenge? Is, mm-hmm. is the challenge, um, you know, in business, is, it, is this a, 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 you know, a marketing issue? Is this a sales issue? Is this a, a strategy issue? Is this a product issue? Like, is this a team issue? Is this a, like, there's a lot of different issues that can come yeah. up in a business, but it's the same on the personal development side. Is this, you know, Simon Sinek's really popular as this idea of like, start with why. Right. And so, you know, like understanding our why is part of it. And I think single moms can probably viscerally know why they're doing the game of entrepreneurship. And, and, and so, you know, that would really resonate with me. And, and I think also just getting really clear, like for me, space is a really critical part of personal development that I don't think gets talked about. And I think space in this world is so like, there's, there's different elements of space. I'm not, our environment matters a lot. So that's like the first iteration of it is the physical environment, but also Mm -hmm. our internal environment, um, you know, our digital environment, there's so much noise, um, and, and so many things that we can let in and really taking ownership of our time, our calendar, like those pieces. Um, one of the biggest, you know, one of the, one of the most important habits that I do regularly for my personal development is reflecting on a period of time, usually a week, but it's, it's almost like building a rhythm for reflection and planning so that we can learn from mistakes, from failures to also learn from what's working and to improve, you know, improve the plan, improve, improve the operations, improve the system, just yeah. improve the way things are are done so we can, you know, trend towards what it is we really want and, and who we really are versus, you know, the noise and, and what marketers want us to be and what other people want us to be. And, and so that's something I think is, is like creating that space for ourselves. And then from there, like our beliefs, like really looking at like, what are the beliefs that we have and, and which one of those, like, like, is there beliefs that don't serve us? Because I think one of the things that doesn't get enough attention is like the unknown unknown. Like there's things that that are just like, we don't like, or the unknown for us that we can't, it's like this, um, unconscious incompetence. Mm-hmm. And, and so we need to be around other people that can help us see what that might be for us. What is holding us back and share that with us in a way, you know, that, that we can, we can hear it and, and use it for our benefit versus being, 
you know, upset or like, like defensive around that because it's like, it's like biblical, right? Like it's, it's, it's Solomon, like don't cast pearls before swine. And, you know, when it's, it's often very challenging to accept feedback because it doesn't always feel good. It goes back to like growth and evolution is like, it doesn't feel good to do that. Mm. So that's one of the things that I think it can be a real challenge to like, understand what is true and what isn't true because sometimes people are going to say things that aren't true that to manipulate us or for their own agenda. And so that's why one of the most important things I think with, with kind of this whole game too is like buyer beware, (laughs) you know, Um, (laughs) because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things in life that, that, you know, isn't what it seems maybe right. Or, or that person doesn't have our best interests at heart. And so I think we need to like trust, but verify and really, you know, do, do research to try to solve our, your, our own problems first and then, you know, find people that can help and, and be willing to invest and, and make some mistakes. But I think at the end of the day, like one of the hardest things to, to figure out is like, what is truly the, the, the question that we need answered? Like, what is the question that you would invest a hundred thousand dollars to answer? Yeah. You know, I, I, or 10,000, like what's the question you'd invest $10,000 to answer? Like if we don't, if we don't have those questions, then it's very difficult to answer them or get them answered. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you. You know, a lot of what you say is re- relatable to business and entrepreneurship, but so much of it is, it resonates with someone who's been through divorce or, you know, a bad relationship. So I appreciate your your knowledge and your skill in delivering, you know, some real good juicy benefits to our audience. Now, because of that, pleasure. I, yeah, sure. I understand you have, um, you have a business. And so tell us about your business. Tell us how we can reach you, including, you know, your social handles. Yeah. Um, so I, I run a mastermind for entrepreneurs and executives called Junto Global. Um, our website is junto.global. It's an application or invitation only community um, where we create a confidential space for people to talk about opportunity, you know, th- the things that I mentioned earlier. And um, if we could be of service to any of your audience, I, I would, I would be honored um, or, it'd be, you know, it'd be my pleasure. Also, I'm, I'm sharing more information on, on social media. And so, um, you can also find me on, on Instagram as well. Okay. And what's your handle on Instagram? It's Zach underscore Parker underscore Harris. Okay. And we'll put those links in the show notes. So thank you very much. I appreciate you Parker for coming and talking to us today on Solomon's talk. And before I let you go, I want you to frame one piece of advice for a solo mom. How can solo moms manage the noise in their lives? Yeah. I, 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 maybe this is not always possible, but I think to, to, to shut it off, like shut it off as much as possible and be very careful on the noise that you do bring in or the information that you do bring in like those signals, because it's called programming for a reason, right? Like the stuff that we, you know, 
the stuff on TV and, and the start, you know, the news and radio and even music. Like there's just so much programming that's like subconscious. We sometimes we don't even know. And for me, like I haven't seen a commercial in like six years, seven years, at least like, you know, one, one on television. And, and I, and it's interesting to like even jump in like an Uber or like a, a cab when they're listening to the radio and hearing ads and just feeling how manic that energy is. So like, it almost like, you know, gets me into like fight or flight state versus yeah. like a resting state where I can actually like think uh, like with my prefrontal cortex and like think long-term. So more and more, I think there's so much more value in just breathing <laughs> and and just like learning to connect with our own thoughts, journaling, you know, medit, you know, meditating, um, going, you know, going on an experience. You know, it doesn't need to be expensive. Like it can be uh, a hike or like a walk or jumping in the water. Something that you know gets us, gets me out of my head. Like, I think the more that we get out of our head and just like make less decisions, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I think, you know, for, I see for a, like a, uh, a solo mom, like there's probably a lot of decisions that need to be made uh, a lot of like micro decisions and, and also some, you know, bigger, de- you know, big decisions and, and probably medium decisions. And so limiting the, the other stuff that comes up because it's amazing what happens when there's silence, like when I'm just in silence and like that question that I'm asking myself, usually the answer pops out of nowhere. And so, um, I, I, I'm not dogmatic about it. Like I do, you know, watch like shows and, and I have, I do watch movies and, and there are different messages, but I try to find the lesson in them and like apply that lesson into my life. And I think the more that we just like keep it simple and like remove things and like create space for ourselves to just, to just sit and be and, and think about like who we are and where we're at and where we're going and, and, you know, what would really be the best use of our energy is, yeah. is something like that we can get a lot of value from and a lot of leverage from because I think I like Warren Buffett recently wrote this letter where essentially he outlined the 60 to like there were over the last 60 years, his company has had this like insane return on that investment. It's like, I don't remember. It's like 250,000 or 2 million or some crazy number, like percent in like return on investment. And he, so Warren. he basically, yeah, but like what's it's like it's all based on 12 decisions that were made over a 60 year period. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, it's it's making like one this good decision every, you know, 5 years. That's really like how how success is done versus trying to just make a bunch of decisions and 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 being, you know, being wrong. So obviously that applies more to like investments, but I think there's also an element in life mm-hmm. to that too, right? Is like slowing things down, not needing to make decisions quickly. A lot of, a lot of timelines are very forced by salespeople, (laughs) you know? Um, and there's not really like, you know, things that are good today will, should be good in a year, (laughs) you know, it's like, it shouldn't be going anywhere. And that's something, you know, my wife and I have known each other for 10 years now and we got married, um, like nine months ago 
we're, we're coming up on our one year wedding anniversary. So we were, mm. you know, we're dating for a long time and in a relationship for a long time and really got to know each other. And, and we're still getting, it's amazing. You know, 10 years later, we're on this adventure and we're getting together, getting to know each other in new ways. And so I don't think yeah. that ever ends, but you know, I think most of the time it's easy to be in such a hurry to want that instant gratification. But if we can like think long-term, be patient, that's, that's, that's how business, you know, success is done. That's how good personal relationships are built. That's the same with health too, right? It's like, it's not about uh, looking good for the summer. It's about being able to, uh, you know, be healthy for our grandchildren and great grandchildren, like for, like for that long-term. So, yeah. Um, I think that could be a real yeah. challenge to like shift from instant gratification to like long-term thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And it's one of those <laughs> things we, we can get carried away doing because when we're in a crisis, we want to make decisions fast. And sometimes those are the times we kind of mess up a little bit. So thank you. Thank you for that advice. Um, anything else? Yeah. I mean, I'll just, like, I, I think the reason why we, it almost feels like we're in a crisis all the time, if we watch, you know, if we wa- watch the news or watch like, like if we, if we let in, you know, different, like, you know, if we let in that, you know, these different stories that are meant to, you know, create, I think create fear and to like make it feel like there is this crisis. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to be traveling right now and, and traveling the world and realizing, you know, people all over want the same things and, and they're generally like really good and, and things aren't on fire everywhere, you know, um, as an, you know, as an American, there's a lot of stuff, you know, there's a lot of, uh, stories around like what's going on in Europe and energy crisis and these protests and, and Paris and all this stuff. And, and I, and, and we're here and it's, we're not really, you know, we're not really, um, experiencing a lot of that. And so, you know, maybe we're, we're lucky or, or to be in, you know, in spaces or environments where that's not happening. But I think, you know, most people, you know, just want to, just want to have a better life. And, and the things that were happening uh, today are, are a lot like things that have been happening in the past. That's Ecclesiastes, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of this stuff is just, just old games that are just replaying and, and I think we have to really decide the game that we want to play. And Simon Sinek wrote a book called The Infinite Game. And I, I I really would recommend it. It's something that hit me hard was, it's again, like, this is a game that doesn't have a start. It doesn't have an end. It doesn't have any rules. And there's an infinite amount of players. And that's very complicated. But it's it allows for long-term thinking versus, like, you know, a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game. It's like, it's a finite game. We know what the rules are. We know when it's over. When you know, we don't know when it's beginning, but if we can really show up in relationships to, to add value to other people, then it creates this really interesting, like give and take that can create some really cool rewards. And so, um, like that's one thing that I've, I'm learning as I'm reflecting back on how I could be very short sighted in the past and, and how I really want to, um, learn to think about what other people's point of view and what they need. And I think single moms might be really naturally good at that. And I think there's a lot of power in that mindset, but we have to balance it again with our own, like our own needs and our own self-interest and, 
and learning how to communicate what we need. Cause I think that's one, a challenge that I even have is like, I don't, I'm not good at communicating, you know, my needs and therefore it's very difficult for anyone to even know what they are or to help me solve them. So I find truth is often paradoxical and like two conflicting ideas that are coming together. And we need to be able to like stand in that paradox versus, you know, lean too hard on one side of that or like judge one side of it. Um, because that's, that's really easy to do. It's hard to see both of those point of views and like understand where truth is. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I enjoyed this conversation and I, I really think that it's going to, it's a, a big benefit to our audience. And I thank you, Parker Harris, for coming and spending so much time with us. I appreciate you. Rosemary, my pleasure again. Thank you for the the great questions and the preparation. And let me know if there's anything I can do to um, support your community or add value to your community. I appreciate what you're doing. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Got questions about podcasting? Do you find yourself struggling with the tools and strategies that you know will help you launch and grow your show? Why not join the New West Podcasters Club where you can get your questions answered by me or one of our guest experts. The link to our next meeting is below. Sign up today and don't let confusion about podcasting stop you from owning your genius. Whether you're an individual or a nonprofit, the New West Podcasters Club is where podcasters come for answers. Link below for our next meeting. Hello, solar moms. As a solar mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life, to see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry, and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.